What's up, y'all, and welcome to another episode of Press On Sports. I'm Jack Vita. I'm your host. Today is going to be a lot of fun. So I know it's been a little bit since we've done some sports talk. I know there was a lot going on. We talked Incredibles uh, about a week ago with the new Incredibles movie coming out. Did a fun podcast with Jason Karras last week on the original Incredibles movie. Go and check that out if you haven't. Lots of fun there. Did some other TV stuff. But today we are getting back into the NBA, and it's been a couple months since we talked NBA. And I had Evan Myers on with me last time. And he's joining me right now. How you doing, Evan? I'm doing good, Jack. How are you? I'm good. So, good. Evan, last time we talked, uh, we had a lot to talk about, and then the NBA playoffs kind of fell off a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we did. We get. A, we got a couple game sevens. Yeah, we got a few. No, it was it was overall exciting. I thought some good yeah. action in there. Yeah, and then we once we saw the finals matchup that we were too familiar with, I think we all <laughs> shrugged our shoulders and said, all right. Yeah, fourth time in a row. How crazy is that? Yeah, so Evan, I brought you on today because I know you do a lot of NBA draft stuff. I I think Evan could be a future scout. You were, <laughs> Evan, you were all over last year with Lonzo Ball, what you yeah. wrote about him. <laughs> Thanks, man. I just... I just try to call it like i see it <laughs> yeah so you don't have the blog out yet on your i do not have the blog out yet no hopefully hopefully before thursday night get that out there so run through a big board again like last year yeah and i to remind the listeners because i'm sure a lot of you haven't read evan's blog he does a great job last year i went back to read this during the season and he was a fortune teller with Lonzo's shot. He said he's got an awkward shot where he's got to pull it over from his right hand to his left hand. Right? Is that what you said? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Had that in there. <laughs> so you had some so. big time concerns about that jump shot and came to fruition his rookie year. Yeah, that and the fact that it's he struggles driving right, which you wouldn't expect out of a righty, but the way he shoots it, it's it's troublesome for him. Oh, my bad. So he pulls it up from his, he moves it from his left hand to his right hand. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Mix it up there. So. But yeah, I'm looking forward to getting your opinions on some guys today as we talk NBA draft. But this podcast isn't complete. We're bringing in a third guy for today. So here's a guy who is one of the best Division three basketball players from the last two years, member of the Carthage College basketball team, just graduated, teammate of Evans. Brad Cruz, welcome to the show. Jack, thanks for having me on. It's been a long time coming, man. <laughs> yeah, making your podcasting debut today. I think you should. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing the things you have to say as a scout. Oh, yeah, I'm ready. First thing I want to know is if Evan was correct about Donovan Mitchell from last year. What do you have Ooh. to say about him? You know, I going back, I had him number 10 on my list. So maybe a little bit. 11, right? Uh, yeah, so a little bit higher. Um you know, the biggest thing I had was I didn't think he would be able to to play point much. Um, he was a little on, or he was undersized to play shooting guard. That's what I was thinking, uh, six foot three. But yeah, I had him a little lower, and then Kuzma I had outside the top thirty. So maybe okay. whipped a little bit on those two, but <laughs> and no one's perfect, right? <laughs> hey, it's early too, so true. That is true. Yeah, so. and you you were the highest on Dennis Smith Jr. I believe I had him number one on my board. 
Wow. wow. Yeah, that's my guy. So, <laughs> and he had a decent year. He had a decent year. So, yeah, we'll see little, what he does in Dallas. Little bit of injuries there. Yeah. LeBron said something about how he thought he would be better than Nidal Aquina or whatever. And yeah, maybe LeBron wants to go play with him this summer. That'd be something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and as a as a teaser for this podcast, at the very end of the podcast, we will each give our prediction for where we think LeBron is going this summer. Sounds good. That should that should be fun. But before we get into the NBA draft, we got some big time news coming out of San Antonio from earlier. This was at the end of last week concerning the future of Kawhi Leonard, and I think. We should spend at least a couple minutes on this, just talking about what we think is going to happen here. Uh, but Brad, what was I saying to you when we got lunch, what, two, three weeks ago? Uh, that Kawhi was not happy in San Antonio and wanted out. I think and? you're a fortune teller of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think everyone knew that, but I, I had a prediction of where I thought he would go. Could you remind me of what that was? <laughs> You just you got lost in the nachos and <laughs> weren't exactly. paying attention. Um, all right. Well, for a couple months, I've been of the belief that Kawhi Leonard is going to be playing in Boston next season. And they look like a possible trade destination. The report says that the top of his wishes is L.A. and New York. However, I don't really see them having the assets to pull off a big time trade. Like I think if LA were to move for Kawhi, they're going to have to give up two, at least two of those young guys. Right. And now maybe they sign LeBron and Paul George, but then what do they have left after that to build a bench? Not a lot. Yeah, exactly. And I think you might've incepted that in my brain because I was also going to say that I think Kawhi Leonard's best fit is in Boston, whether or not he wants to go there. Greg Popovich doesn't necessarily strike me as the kind of guy who will trade someone exactly where they want to go. Yeah. Um, so I think Boston can definitely put together the best package to try and acquire Kawhi with maybe Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, and a picker, pick or two here. Yeah, I could see it. I think Evan has a different take, though. He's got a different <laughs> destination in mind. You know me with my hot takes, Jack, right? Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I think Boston does make a lot of sense, but I think um, a little spicier place would be Miami. I don't think anyone's talking about Miami, and I think there's a chance LeBron could go back there, and I think there's a chance LeBron and Kawhi could play together. Um, now, Miami doesn't have the assets that Boston does. I don't think anyone does in the league, but I think that uh, Miami could offer some younger players. They don't really have any draft picks, but they – they could offer the, the contract of Whiteside to balance some things. Um, and then they have younger guys like Justice Winslow and Josh Richardson that maybe would be enticing for San Antonio if they can't get the Jalen Brown offer from Boston. Um, but that's just that's just my hot take. Otherwise, I think Boston definitely does have the best shot to land Kawhi. And it would be a great fit for him there. Mm-hmm. I think the next question you have to ask is, do you really think that Brad Stevens wants to give up like a young wing player like Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a big question. I don't know. After this playoff run that they had, um, I don't know. It's interesting. They're, Boston is definitely in the driver's seat. They have a couple directions they can go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my thing is, I just going off the history of Danny Ainge, 
He's been a guy that strikes when the iron's hot, makes the moves at the right time. And one of my criticisms with the Cubs, my favorite team in all of sports, is that they don't move guys when they're at their best value. It seems like the front office falls in love with some of these players. And for instance, you look at Ian Happ right now. They could have traded him last winter and had a really nice return on him right now. I mean, he's at his lowest value that he's ever been at. And Danny Ainge is the opposite. He's took Isaiah Thomas last year and said, all right, this is probably the best Isaiah Thomas is ever going to play. I'm going to flip him. And he seized the opportunity, got Kyrie. Now it's going to be interesting because Kawhi's only got one year left on the deal. Mm -hmm. Kyrie only one year on the deal. So he's going to want to get those guys locked up long-term if he's making that move. But a five of Kyrie at the point, your wings, having three wings that could guard anyone in um, Tatum, Hayward, and Kawhi, the best defender in the league, and then you got Horford, that's a team that I think could beat the Warriors. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, I think they would challenge them too. So if they could beat the Warriors, and let's say they just got to the finals next year and they came close to being the Warriors... Why wouldn't those guys want to stick on that team and keep going? Yeah, exactly. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think if Kawhi Leonard is traded to the Celtics, he can sign that crazy Supermax five-year deal once he becomes a free agent in the summer of 2019. Yep, and they're, they're going to have a better shot of landing him with that big contract if they trade for him than if they try to sign him as a free agent next year. First of all, you don't know if someone else is going to be able to give him that max that he wants. The other part of it, though, is that because you can go over the luxury tax to retain your own players, right. but you, you can't go over the luxury tax or the salary cap when you're making a move, signing a free agent like that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all unfolds. And, you know, if Boston does make a move for him, who they're going to who they're going to throw out there and offer. And just as a little aside here, it always confuses me why some of these superstars who are playing on good teams always demand trades to New York as one of their teams. Like, who would <laughs> right. ever want to play in New York with terrible ownership? Seems like a GM who doesn't necessarily know what he's doing. Right. Yeah, that, that always just confused me. Yeah, for I think sure. it could be a distraction to be like, you say, oh, I want to go to these places. All right, we're not going to trade you to those places. <laughs> yeah, oh, thank maybe. you very much. I don't <laughs> right. want to play in L.A. I don't want to play for the Knicks. Yeah. Hey, I've got, I've got one more hot take, though. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Let me see what you guys think about this. So, you know, Ky- you mentioned Kyrie's got one year left on his deal. And I know Kawhi does, too. But, you know, there was the whole talk about Kyrie not being on the bench in Game 7 for Boston. And, you know, Boston yeah. wasn't on one of his teams that he wanted to go to last year. I think he listed New York, San Antonio, Miami. So is there any any thought you guys give to possibly a Kyrie for Kawhi deal? I don't think it happens. No. I It's tough because Terry Rozier had such a good playoffs, and maybe you could see Boston's uh, front office falling in love with him. But as well as he played, he's no Kyrie Irving. I think he really want to lock down that point guard of the future when you have yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I think right now is the time to trade Terry Rozier. Yeah, exactly. If you're selling high right. on a player, right. even Jalen Brown. I mean, if you're trading Kawhi, you want 
like you have to look at from both teams perspective the Spurs want to get a guy who could potentially replace Kawhi as an all-star player now I don't know if Jalen Brown is a superstar but he's an all-star player Mm -hmm. and and that's his potential Rozier maybe is an all-star player as well so that's a really nice return you could get and maybe a pick the Celtics have so many picks to trade that again I think they have the they have the best to offer, but I think I don't. I don't think they want to move Kyrie. Yeah, it's, it'll just be interesting to see how it plays out. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be con- entirely shocked if Kyrie were to be moved. Just knowing Danny Ainge, how quickly he can flip players. Yeah, but we'll see. Yeah, I think that some people there was some speculation about because Kyrie said recently that he it would be dumb for him to sign an extension and. Really, the the reason is because he's going to lose out on a lot of money if he doesn't right. wait to get that as a free agent. So I think that's what he meant. The other thing, though, is some people are speculating if Boston is potentially interested in LeBron and Kyrie doesn't want LeBron to come there. Right. If there could be some friction there. Yeah. Man, that would be something. <laughs> yeah, especially with two young developing wings. I don't. I mean, obviously LeBron's going to help any team, but he's going into his 16th year. You have a 21-year-old and a 20-year-old who are kind of the cornerstones of your franchise who play the same position as LeBron, and also a point guard who may or may not have some friction with LeBron. So I think you kind of just want to keep what you have intact if you're Boston and then maybe try and acquire a Kawhi Leonard who's still relatively young and, and can help you win over the next five, ten years. The other thing is, if you look at the way that Brad Stevens coaches his team, I think Boston is the future of the NBA, the way that they're playing. They're, along with the Warriors, teams that are thinking ahead of time. How You want to have a lot of good wing defenders. You want to be able to shoot it. You want to have good ball movement. And I don't really think LeBron fits in with that because he's so ball dominant. And on the other hand... Like So then looking at it from that perspective, I just don't see why Kyrie or Kawhi would want to leave there after being there, especially if they achieve success. Now, unless personalities don't get along, whatever. But The yeah, only definitely. thing that I can think of there is if Kawhi really just wants to be in the big market because he feels like he's been too under the radar in San Antonio. So that would make sense to why he demanded a trade to either New York or L.A., but I think if you're winning in Boston, you got to stay there as long as you possibly can. Yeah, I think Boston's going to be – they'll be competitive for the next five, maybe ten years, the way they've got things set up. The other thing is I don't think the big market stuff matters as much as people used to think because look at LeBron. He's playing in Cleveland. Look at Russell Westbrook. You know, These are huge stars in small markets. Right, Exactly. And maybe the reason Kawhi isn't necessarily that big star is more so due to his personality rather than the fact he's playing in San Antonio. And that could even be a part of why the friction between him and the organization is it seems like the Spurs want to have guys who don't want to be in the limelight. And maybe he would like a little more attention than he gets. Now, I don't think he's like some diva or anything like that. I mean, the guy drives a Chevy Tahoe. (laughs) Yeah. But... What do you think, Evan? No, yeah, I, I think I think he's a very humble guy. I don't I don't think he cares necessarily about the city. Um, I think he just wants to win and he wants to play. And I think the Spurs limited him his his on court time last year, and he didn't 
he wasn't so happy about that. So um, I think he just wants to get on the court and play for a winning team. Let's talk about a couple more potential destinations for Kawhi, and then that'll lead us into the draft. So, Evan, is there any way you could see a trade being made between L.A. and the Spurs? Um, I mean, the the Lakers have the assets. Um, it's interesting that Woes reported the Lakers were the pre- the preferable spot, um, meaning the Clippers. I mean, no one's talking about the Clippers, but they have two picks in the lottery and they have some some uh, assets too. So I don't know. I don't I don't see either LA team being able to throw something, and I don't think Pop wants to trade him there necessarily. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I don't think LA is a spot where he's going to end up. Yeah, Brad, what do you think? If I'm Pop, I want to get Kawhi Leonard out of the Western Conference as quickly yeah. as possible. But the one thing that I found very interesting is that package they could put together of Luol Dang just to get his contract out of the way, Kyle Kuzma and Brandon Ingram yeah. to San Antonio for Kawhi. And if they were somehow able to pull off the Kawhi, Paul, George, LeBron, James <laughs> trio right there, I would love it just for the fact that I don't think they can beat the Warriors even with that team because yep. the Warriors <laughs> just know how to play together. So I think that would just be a great way to see LeBron lose in the summer of 2020. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> oh, boy. He's already throwing yeah. punches. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Brad. <laughs> um, the thing is, I actually really like his game. It's just growing up in Chicago and seeing right. him beat us every year, it kind of – jaded me a little bit yeah <laughs> yeah i think see the thing is is like okay let's say they did that now where are they going to have the money for anything else on their team to exactly. build a good bench yeah I mean, I think, they, they, yeah at that point they're just looking for vets that want to try to get a ring and if you're the spurs why would you want to take on that dang contract like at least with with boston they're able to move if they can move Baines in either Morris or uh, Monroe, if they can move two of those guys and they have the cap room themselves to take it on. And I feel like the Spurs aren't going to want to take on a bad contract in return in this trade. Yeah, if you're the Spurs there and you're taking on the wall dang and two young players, you're pretty much saying we're going to enter a rebuild now. And that's something yeah. that Greg Popovich hasn't done since before I was born. So I don't see that happening. <laughs> yeah. It will be interesting how it all plays out. We'll see. We'll see. And yeah. then uh, is there anywhere else? I mean, New York, definitely not, right? What do they have to give back <laughs> other than Porzingis? Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think they have enough. No, nothing I, I can know. think of. Yeah. I think it would be pretty funny if the idea of Lonzo and Lavar coming over and dealing with Popovich. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Man. That'll never happen. And like you said, Brad, Pop is not going to want to enable another team in the West to be dominant. So do it we, makes sense. Yeah. Do, do we see Cleveland getting into this at all? Trying to keep LeBron? What do you think, Brad? I think that and I think you should try and get Kawhi Leonard if humanly possible, but without that assurance that LeBron is coming back, you could be mortgaging your future to get Kawhi Leonard for one year. And if Cleveland's not any good next year, there's no way Kawhi is going to stay after that. So I think it's a risky proposition if you're Cleveland. Yeah, definitely. One more I'm going to throw out there. Philly, what do you guys think? No, oh, man. Uh, I mean, they do have the assets, but 
I guess if I'm Philly, I want to get you know more of a shooter on the perimeter um, because Ben Simmons obviously isn't that. He's more of a distributor. I think you just want to surround him with shooters and see if they can you know come into their prime and make something happen over there. What do you think, Evan? Yeah, I kind of want to see Philly continue the path they're going now without adding another big-time guy. I like Simmons and Embiid together. Um, I just think they need a couple more scores. Simmons needs to develop his game a little more. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to see them kind of keep that dynamic going out there. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense for them, but I, I don't even think they have that much to give back, really. I mean, you would have to move Fultz or Saric, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, they have the pick in the lottery, so they could do that. Um, it's the 10th overall pick, so it's not that enticing. But, yeah, they'd have to move one of those guys or both even. Yeah, and then, I mean, again, I think they're, like, I think Philly's bench is a little overrated. Like, I think, I said this to you, Evan, a couple months ago. If you flipped Embiid and Simmons with LeBron and Love, would people say, LeBron doesn't have enough help because I, I feel like they would. I feel like it'd be the same story as Cleveland's bench. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, I don't think they're like, I mean, Ilya Sova played really well. I mean, has he ever played that well before? <laughs> no, I think it might yeah. be just a product of his environment, especially because he's older. He's probably in his 30s by now. So I think that's just having people who can make plays around you to get you easier shots. Yeah, same, yeah. With, same with Bellinelli, too. Oh, yeah, Bellinelli. Okay, did you guys see this report from earlier? I think this was maybe at the end of last week that the Sixers leaked it. I don't know if they leaked this information or they said it to the press, but apparently executives were, they said, our executives were against drafting Markel Fultz and Colangelo was the one who wanted to draft him. Why would you say that? I did not see that report, but <laughs> if I'm Philly's upper management and you're going to get rid of Colangelo anyways, you might as well, you know, put a future bust on him and get that off your chest, you know, use him as a scapegoat. Yeah, but I mean, you have him right now. What's that say <laughs> to him? What's that say to his teammates? Yeah, maybe that's just a indication that they're looking to move him in a trade or something. Maybe. Did you see that, Evan? I did not. No, I did not. Um I don't know. That whole front office is questionable right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I think a lot of people are distrusting the process right now. <laughs> hopefully it All doesn't right. affect the on-court play. It shouldn't, but hopefully yeah. it doesn't. All right. Well, we'll definitely have more to say about Philly, I'm sure, at the end when we make our prediction for where LeBron will be playing next season. But let's get into the NBA draft. So here's how this is going to work. Evan is our draft expert. He's worked really hard on his big board. He's in the process of creating a mock draft. Hasn't quite gotten there yet, but we're going to look at the lottery. And we're going to let Evan tell us where he thinks guys are going to land. We'll go pick by pick in the lottery. And at the end of the lottery, we'll talk about a couple, some players who are going to be outside the lottery. So we're not going to do the entire first round, not going to do the entire draft. That would take too much time for a podcast. But if you're interested in seeing a full mock draft, I'm sure Evan will have that finished sometime by Thursday. Yes, for sure. Okay, so that'll be fun for you to read. And maybe if you're listening to this in the future, you can follow along or you can hear how wrong we were (laughs) on picking this. But let's do this. All right. All right. So 
Phoenix Suns, DeAndre Ayton. Is that a lock, Evan? I believe it is, yeah. Um, he went to school in Arizona. Uh, they're looking for a big-time guy like that, and he, you know, he'd be a perfect fit for them. I don't think they want um, a guard. They got Devin Booker there. So, um, yeah, I think Ayton's the guy for Phoenix. Uh, he basically said he's going there. Uh, he backed out of any other pre-draft workout and just worked out with Phoenix. So, yeah, I think I think he's going there. The big guy's going to Phoenix. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Go ahead, Jack. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I had heard that him and Booker are already comparing themselves to Shaq and Kobe. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> that might be a little bold. <laughs> did you hear that? I did not hear that, no. Oh. But, no, I mean, he's he's a big-time talent, um, crazy body. And, you know, people want to say, oh, he – you know, he looks like Greg Oden, kind of, so he's going to be like Greg Oden. But he's he's way more explosive than Oden was. Um, and he's just got so much more to his game. He can step out and hit a shot. Um, he gets he plays above the rim. I mean, he's everything you want in a big-time center. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because the league has definitely been more I, – I don't know if it's guard dominant, but, you know, you got these guys that can play guards that are taller. And he's not necessarily that, but um, – you know, he's he's a guy that definitely you can build your team around and, and put pieces around. And they already have Booker and Josh Jackson, some younger guys. It's just a matter of, you know, meshing it all together and making it work. Yeah, the interesting thing I think about this draft is that maybe four out of the top five players are all true big men. Yeah. And that's not necessarily yeah. the the prototype NBA player anymore. You see championship championship teams built with either very good point guards who are creative or long athletic wings who are two-way players. Exactly. And really the top of this draft isn't either of those things. So while I think DeAndre Ayton can be a really good player, I don't think he can be the cornerstone of a franchise and someone who can really lead you to being a contender. Yeah. But on the other hand, if you don't take him number one, I think you know, you're at risk of losing your job if he has turns out to have a good career. If there's a consensus yeah. number one pick like this, you almost have to take him. Yeah, I'm with that. And, you know, it, it is interesting you mentioned that, um, you know, a lot of these guys are bigs at the top. We'll get into them here in a second. But, um, yeah, I think I think you got to go with him. Um, unless you were to trade down or something, I think they have to take Aiton here at one. I yep. think it's interesting with Aiton. I feel like this is a little comparable to last year with Fultz in terms of this is a guy that I don't think a lot of people in the country got to see because he's playing on the West Coast, so those Pac-12 games are really late at night. Arizona did not make it far in the tournament, and Mm -hmm. now Washington didn't even make the tournament last year. So I don't think a lot of people got to see him play on a big stage. So I think to the casual fan, I mean, there are probably a lot of people listening to us right now that want to know who is this Aiden. Right. And it's, it's a shame because he had, he had a really good year, um, posted a number of double doubles and I believe he had a couple 20 and 20 games even maybe. Um, so yeah, he was, he was just a beast last year. Um, I mean, the guy is, the guy's jacked already. He's built for the NBA. So yeah, it'll be fun. All right. So. Aiton going number one. You heard it here first, or maybe like 30th, but (laughs) (laughs) all right. So coming up at number two, the longest tenured lottery team, the Sacramento Kings. 
Yeah, and this this was so close to being the Bulls if they had lost that coin flip. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, Sacramento sneaks in there, gets number two, and I mean they need some help for sure. Um, I don't know. I've you know I've heard Luka Doncic going here, the the guy from Slovenia. I really like his game a lot. Um, I've also heard Marvin Bagley possibly going here, and also Michael Porter. Which is interesting. Um, I think I think the Kings pick Luca. I think they need a playmaker and someone like him that can play point guard through small forward, um, distributes the ball very well, knocks down the open three. Um, has you know kind of flashy. He's got some good dribbling moves, um, an array of different finishing moves around the rim. The one thing that I don't like about Luca is. He seems to struggle um, with changing speeds and explosion, uh, so that would be interesting to see when he matches up against the guys like Clay Thompson and um, some of those better defenders on the wing. So, I think Luca's going here at number two, though, to Sacramento. Do you think that's the best fit, Evan? Uh, for Luca? Uh, for the Kings? You think for that's the where Kings? they should go? Yeah, I I do actually. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think it. I was hearing something interesting about. Uh, this was somewhere on NBA uh, NBA TV the other day. They were talking about how Luka Doncic, first of all, playing in a higher level than college basketball, which I think a lot of people don't realize because we see a lot of these like star college players being lucky to play over in Europe. Right. And he's playing in Spain, right? Yeah, he's playing in the second best professional yeah. league um, in the in the world. Yeah. And he's been doing that for how many years now? A few? Yeah, uh, t- two or three, I, w- I want to say. Yeah, so that's a high level of competition. He's been playing against men, and he's also been probably the biggest, like, he's been the biggest star in that league for what, the last two years? For sure, yeah. Yeah. So, and a lot of these foreign players, they were talking about how some of these guys who get picked in the lottery aren't even that big of a star. They might be like, oh, yeah, this guy's good. And that's why maybe we see a lot of flops coming over from Europe. But we've also seen some great players come from Europe as well. Yeah, and I'll go as far to say, too, I think Luca could turn out to be the best player in this draft. Um, I don't know. I really like his game. When I watch him play, he looks NBA-ready, um, aside from the quickness aspect. Um, but you know, I, I really think that he is a, a perfect shooting guard slash small forward that you're looking for that NBA teams can draft and, and work around now. Yeah. Someone who hasn't <clears throat> watched too much Luka Doncic, to be honest. Um, I, I always, I'm him, shocked by that. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> I, I did watch a couple highlight videos here and there. He's got some nice passes, but uh, just staying in front of some of those crazy freak athletes you see in the NBA, I think could be a problem for him. Yeah. And then also, while the Euro League is much better than college basketball, there's no denying that. I think college basketball is consistently produced by their talents. Like if you look at some of the past Euro League MVPs, I mean, most of them haven't made it over the NBA, but th- those who have, we have Anthony Parker. He didn't really have much of a career. <laughs> Tia Dosic, he's kind of struggling in LA. And then Karolinko actually won a EuroLeague MVP after he wasn't good enough to play in the NBA anymore. So I think <laughs> while the teams are much better over there, I think there is still something to say for playing against maybe some of the best athletes in the world over here in America. 
Yeah. I, I agree. I can I can see that point. Mm-hmm. All right. So we got Luka Doncic locked in at number two with the Kings. Although, I mean, I've seen some I'm seeing some mocks that say Bagley could go here. So it could really go either way, right? It could. Sacramento's got some choices here for sure. But for our, for our purpose, let's say they go Luka here. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. So let's move to a team that was tanking hard in 2017-2018, the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, so Atlanta, um, they've got a lot of flexibility in this draft. Obviously, they have this pick here at three, but then in the first round, they have two more picks at 19 and 30, and then a high second-round pick at 34. So they can really do a lot here. Um, And they have new head coach Lloyd Pierce coming over from Philly. So, um, you know, I think Atlanta here at three, I think they're going to look for Marvin Bagley if they can. Um, you know, ba- people probably saw Bagley the most out of um, many of these lottery players playing at Duke. Yeah. Um, you know, him and Trey Young. But yeah, Bagley was the talk a lot. Um, you know, big, big power forward that can uh, run the floor very well. He's explosive down low. Um, struggles defensively a little bit, and I think that might have been the big thing, uh, big reason why Duke went to a 2-3 zone midway through the year. They might have been trying to hide a little bit of his struggles there. Um, so that's a little concerning, but I think if you're looking for um, maybe the best all-around player in college basketball last year, it's probably Marvin Bagley, and I think Atlanta winds up with him at three. What's going to happen to my man Dwayne Dedman? <laughs> I think Deadman's a uh, free agent this year, so I'm not. Oh. Yeah, I'm not sure if they're going to bring him back or not. Um, but I, I think they'd probably take Bagley over Deadman. Although I do love, yeah. I, I love <laughs> Deadman. <laughs> yeah, he'd be a nice ad for someone. Yeah. What do you think, Brad? Yeah, I really like this pick for the Hawks here. Um, averaging 21-11 on 61% shooting in the ACC as a freshman is very, very impressive. Yeah. And while he was absolutely horrible defensively i agree like sometimes he looked just very disinterested out there but the thing i'll say about that is there's another duke first round pick from last year who seemed to be a little disinterested on defense being jason tatum true and look what he turned into in the nba granted that's under brad stevens but still i think marvin bagley has the tools to be a good defender and that's what i'm looking for when i'm drafting someone and if i think i'm confident in my abilities as a coach i believe i can make marvin bagley into a Solid NBA defender. Yeah, he's also very young. I believe he was originally going to classify to be enrolling in Duke this year yep. originally, right? Yep, that is correct. Yeah, so, I mean, he's still raw. He's he's still raw. Um, yeah, he, he is 19, so he's not the youngest in this draft. Um, but, yeah, he's still very raw. And, um, yeah, I mean, this this was supposed to be his senior year of high school this past year, so... Um, yeah, he's got a lot of potential. I think that's a good fit for the Hawks because there's no pressure on them to try to be competitive now. They don't need a guy who's going to... I mean, I think Bagley's going to do well his rookie year, but they there's not as much pressure on them in this pick. They don't need a guy right away. And given the makeup of their roster, they just need to get the best available player they can get. Yeah, agreed. Um, and, you know, I think... Looking at their roster just briefly, um, you know they have John Collins drafted last year out of Wake Forest, and he was he had a very good rookie year. Um, kind of flew under the radar, honestly. So I think 
Yeah. Collins and Bagley, um, talk about explosion. That would be a really fun four or five for Atlanta to have. You think they could play together well? I do. Yeah, I really do. All right. Do you want to go move to four now? Uh, sure. All right. So this is a team that finally, the last, uh, I think each year, like over the last three years, we've been ready to write them off. <laughs> and then this this year they finally cracked and Conley was injured for a while. It's the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, Memphis is sitting here at four. Um, you know, and they... They have a lot of options too, really. Um, this is kind of where my my big board, I guess, my rankings differs from what I think they'll actually do. So I think they're going to go with Jaron Jackson Jr. here out of Michigan State. Um, big, almost probably about seven footer, um, big guy. Talk about a very raw player. Um, he's only 18 and he doesn't turn 19 until September, I believe. So wow. Um, but yeah, he and he. He really didn't see the court um, a ton. He was out in some crucial moments throughout the season. Um, so it's interesting to see his name rising among draft boards and that Memphis might actually be interested in him. But I think they'll take him here just in terms of upside. And um, he's a guy that he's got a, he's got a funky form um, for shooting, but he can knock it down. Uh, he likes to he likes he could step out, hit the shot. Um, also a guy that can finish around the rim too. So I think Jackson's the guy that they'll pick here. Yeah, I see him as someone who's obviously very raw, uh, as you said, 18 years old. And I think he had the second longest wingspan in the draft, which is something NBA GMs love. But the fact he was the fifth leading scorer on his team and really struggled shooting a ball for a good part of the year, that kind of worries me a little bit. So I think he has a high bust potential, but if you're someone like Memphis who is in a complete rebuild, you know, it's not the end of the world to take a flyer on a guy like Jaron Jackson. For sure, yeah. And, you know, it, you mentioned fifth leading score and um, his minutes. I mean, that, that last game when they lost to Syracuse, I don't know if you guys watched that game in I the did. tournament. Um, yep. He only had two points, and he <laughs> was out for some big stretches in the second half um, for whatever reason that was. So think he only played about 15 minutes that game so yeah i don't know it'll be interesting um really boom or bust i don't know if he's the biggest boom bust guy in this draft i think we're about to get to one here in a second but um (laughs) yeah yeah, for sure i i think i think you're right brad on that so all right let's go to five where you just hinted at this (laughs) dallas mavericks the tanking dallas mavericks make no mistake about it and the Texas alum, Mo, uh, Mo Bamba, this is a match made in heaven, right? Yep. I think Cuban's fallen in love with this guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think Mo Bamba, I think he's gotten a lot of people falling in love with him after that uh, that combine and you know ran a faster three-quarter court sprint than John Wall and Russell Westbrook, which I don't know how that's possible. Probably took but, three steps. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just kind of skipped down the court or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, I think Bamba goes here at five. Um, obviously, big-time shot blocker. I think that's what everyone kind of remembers at Texas. But, you know, he's also uh, he's got some moves around the rim. Another very raw player, very wiry. Um, you know, NBA comp, a lot of people want to say Rudy Gobert, maybe Marcus Canby, somewhere around there. I think that sounds about right for his ceiling, maybe. Um, I don't know. I hope I'm wrong. Maybe he's a, a superstar. But, yeah, I think Bamba goes here to Dallas at five. 
And is the floor Hashim Thabit? <laughs> we can put that, sure. Yeah, Hashim Thabit is the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, I think he's got, you know, I think, I don't know. I'm not too high on him. I think he's he's big time boom bust, even bigger than Jaron Jackson. I kind of like this Mo Bamba pick here. You know, his numbers in college in the Big 12, which is arguably the hardest conference this year, were decent. He was about 13-11 with four blocks. And, you know, that wingspan doesn't lie. So I think he can be a solid, you know, NBA center for years to come. He's, I don't think he has that superstar potential. But if he can figure out how to play in the NBA, I think he can be a starter on a very good team. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I think he can play. And I like the fit of him staying in Texas. Yeah, definitely. That, that's a good spot for him. And I think, you know, you mentioned Brad um, length. A lot of guys like that. Um, and I, I think that's something that coaches can work with. And they love guys that um, are very long. It was seven ten and a half, right, for his wingspan? Uh, yeah. That is crazy. That's Ridiculous. not like a real human right there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. His, his, Anything else on this one? His arms look like MJ when he's stretching out in Space Jam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and on that note, we get to a big-time pick because this is going to probably have some sway on what the Bulls do because we're going to see, as all of us are Bulls fans, we'll see which players are left for the Bulls. So the ball is going to be in Orlando's court here. I actually came up with a trade idea, however. Oh. Mm. Let's hear it. Evan, do you know what what's the status on Alfred Payton? Is he a free agent? Uh I think he's gone. Yeah. I think Did they trade him? Yeah, Is I he think in he's Phoenix? in Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So they need a point guard. If for whatever reason, let's say Boston is thinking maybe we move Rogier. And maybe this is a part of a Kawhi trade. I mean, this is a team in the lottery that needs a point guard. Do you think? And now Rozier is, a. I mean, he's 24. So, and this is Orlando. They're crazy. They're unpredictable. They make trades that don't make sense. Is there any chance you could see Rozier getting traded to Orlando here as a part of a three-team deal, whatever, that gets the Spurs a high lottery pick? You know, there, I, I don't hate it. From the Celtics' perspective, especially because I think the Celtics can make you know a marginal NBA player just that much better due to how good their system is. And if I think if Terry Rozier goes to a team like the Magic, he might struggle a little bit just trying to carry an entire team, which is something he's never had to do before. But if I'm Boston, I'm just trying to keep stockpiling draft picks as much as possible. And I think that's definitely a pick that the Spurs would want to see in return for Kawhi. What do you think, Evan? Yeah, I think they would love six. And I think if San Antonio ends up there, they're probably going to take uh, Porter out of Missouri. Um, yeah, I, yeah I, but I think I, I do like that idea. Um, I think Rozier, I could see him ending up in Orlando, maybe New York, <laughs> somewhere like that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So this is a po- this could be a possibility. I think so, yeah. There's a shot. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Assuming that Orlando keeps this pick, they got to be thinking guard here, I would think, right? Yeah, I think they're going to take Trey Young. I think this is his spot here in Orlando. Um, You mentioned they need a point guard. I think they want someone fun. Um, 
I, I think Trey Young goes to Orlando. I think it all makes sense. And I think Trey Young needs a team that um, he can be the guy and he can, you know, he can kind of, they can kind of mold their system around Trey Young. Um, and I think Orlando presents that opportunity best. I like it. How do you think he'll translate into the NBA, Evan? Trey Young? Yeah. Uh, man, I, he's not going to be Steph Curry, um, but I don't think he'll be Jimmer Fredette either. So I think he'll be <laughs> somewhere in the middle there. Um, you know, it really depends on – he needs to add some weight, um, but he's he's probably – you know, he's got a great work ethic, it, it seems like. Um, he's put on a few pounds already, um, just seeing some of his, his workout tape. Um, I think he'll be, I think he'll be a solid player. He'll, he'll need to work too coming off of ball screens in case he can't handle the ball. Um, but I think, you know, in terms of his play at Oklahoma last year, he didn't have, um, NBA players that could hit shots around him. So I think if you put guys around him that can hit threes, um, all of a sudden it opens up the court for him to do so much more. And we saw how creative he can get when he has the ball in his hand. Yeah. Um, Obviously, when you're talking about Trey Young, you're going to get that Steph Curry comparison. And it makes sense. Like, Trey Young arguably had a better year this year than Steph Curry had his third year at Davidson, which is crazy to say. But the thing about Steph Curry is he wasn't Steph Curry that we know today coming out of college. Like, he got so much better in the NBA. So I think it really comes down to, you know, if Trey Young continues to put that work in and if he's in an environment that allows him to get that much better. So if you're the Orlando Magic here, you don't have much going for you as a franchise right now. Why not draft Trey Young and see if he can maybe become a Steph Curry or even a poor man Steph Curry? I would still take that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think, yeah, I think you hit it on the head. Um, it it really depends on how much this guy puts in the work. He seems like a guy that can work hard. Um, you know, and the only thing about Orlando getting him is I I I kind of want to see Memphis take him at four, um, just because Memphis hasn't really had you know, a fun player. They got Conley and everything, which might not make a ton of sense, but I love to see him go there. But yeah, if he ends up at Orlando, um, I think, I think he's got everything he needs to, to take shots there and to really develop his game. Yep. I like it. I like it. And as you mentioned about Curry, he was in a situation where the Warriors where I know a lot of Warriors fans aren't even going to remember what the Warriors were like in <laughs> 2009, but he was able, he had, like you said, creative freedom. He was able to try stuff, do what he was able to do. He had the ball in his hands. They were early on in their stages, obviously, before they drafted any of those other guys. And I, I think it could be a good, I think it's a good situation also not putting too much of a spotlight on him given he's a, it'd be an opportunity for him to play as the guy, but not in a big market. Mm-hmm. So I think that I think that's a good fit. Yeah, I think uh, if Steph Curry, or if the Warriors had gotten rid of Monte Ellis a little earlier, I think you could have seen this Warriors dynasty maybe start 2014 instead. But ooh, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I think he's going there. All right, so here's the big time pick that I'm sure we all have thoughts on because it's the Chicago Bulls and. I, I'm just going to throw the name out there that I'd like to see first, and then Evan can bring the logic to everything. <laughs> I'd like to see Michael Porter Jr. because of the high upside. We know that he was the number one recruit 
and I think he was number one on big boards a year ago. Now, he, things didn't go so well at Mizzou, but, and we don't know about his injuries, his back, whatever, but the upside, I think this is a good spot for the Bulls to take an upside player. I'm curious where you guys stand on this. Brad, do you want to go first? Sure. I completely agree with you, Jack. Um, the Bulls aren't going to win anytime soon here. And I think Michael Porter Jr. has the most superstar potential in the draft, meaning he can be the best player on a championship team potentially. So if you're the Bulls, I'm taking him to partner him with Laurie Markin. And you know what? If his back never really recovers and he's out of the NBA in three years, so what? You toss another dart at the dartboard, it didn't hit, but you'll be back in the lot. Yeah, you'll be back in the lottery anyways. It's a seven pick that you're losing. It's not a top three pick. Right. You can you can sleep at night knowing that. Exactly. What do you think, Ev? Okay, so <laughs> I love Porter. Um, I I just don't I don't want the Bulls taking him here. Um, I really I don't know. I I, I have concerns with his back. Um, he only played in three college games last year. I know all that. Um, you know, he's the other thing is he's six eleven. Um, so I don't know if he's a small forward or power forward. He's kind of, you know, stuck in between these. I feel like he doesn't have the quickest first step all the time. Um, so it kind of worries me cause I've seen that happen with Doug McDermott where he gets stuck there and then all of a sudden he's, he's nothing. He can't defend, uh, the three, he can't defend the four. Um, I think Porter's definitely a different player from McDermott. Um, but I would like to see the Bulls take Wendell Carter Jr. here in this spot from Duke. I think he is, you know a safer pick probably um he's got he's got a great overall game um can step out and shoot he would have been the guy had Bagley not gone to Duke this year and I think he's I think Carter's honestly a little underrated um in terms of that and we saw him shine a little bit while Bagley was hurt towards the end of the regular season so I'd like to see Carter here um but I understand Porter being the pick and you know, it, it'd be fun to have a guy like him because he is a guy that he he could turn into the super, a superstar. Um, and I'd love to see Porter Bulls jerseys um, all around the city of Chicago. Evan, let me just ask you real quick, and then Brad can throw it some more thoughts in. What do you think Wendell Carter Jr., what do you think his ceiling is? And whose ceiling do you think is higher, potentially, in terms of Porter versus Carter? Uh, Porter's ceiling is for sure higher. Porter, I think Brad was getting at it. Porter probably has one of the highest ceilings, if not the highest ceiling in the draft. Um, but I think Carter, you know, I, I, I see Al Horford when I watch Carter. And, you know, Al Horford has had a very solid NBA career. He, you know, he's underrated. Never, very underrated, yeah. but he's never, you know, he's never been. Like, you know, oh, Al Horford, like he's going to be the starting center in the Eastern Conference All-Star team and, you know, all that. But he'll make the team. He'll be a reserve. And um, that's what I see out of Wendell Carter. But Porter, he's a guy, you know, he could be one of the best forwards in the league um, or he could be out of the league in three or four years with his injuries and, um, you know, not truly finding a fit necessarily. Now, I, I do think there's not a ton of emphasis on finding guys to fit positions anymore in the NBA. Um, but I still see a little bit of question marks around Porter um, in terms of that. Mm-hmm. Evan, you mentioned that taking Wendell Carter here is the safest pick. Yeah. Um, do you think that's what the Bulls need right now? 
Like, do you um, think that do you think they're on their way to a good rebuild here, and I, that they can't waste a year like 2018? I think this is a big year for the Bulls here, um, and maybe not in terms of them getting back to the playoffs, but I think they want to see Fred Hoiberg actually do something this year. Um, you know, last year was kind of the year where you know Levine's getting back from injury. Um, we're going to see what Markinen is. I think this is the year where you take a guy like Carter, um, you put, you know, they, they, they've got Fred Hoiberg's offense in place right now, everything he wants. And I think this is the year where you see if, if he can get you to 35 wins or 40 wins um, and get you to, you know, 9, 10, 11 in the East. And if this is actually a legitimate path for the Bulls to continue going with, with uh, Fred Hoiberg. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I wouldn't mind being in the lottery again. <laughs> no, no, yeah, <laughs> if, I, if it's if the options are 14th in the East or ninth in the East, I mean, I, they're worse things than being 14th in the East. <laughs> right. Yep. No, don't get me wrong. I I don't want to get stuck in the point where you know I always say the Atlanta Hawks from a few years ago, where you know before they had the one seed, but when they were constantly a five or a six or a seven seed making the playoffs, but getting bounced in the first round, kind of like Portland now. Um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want to get in that position necessarily. Um, but I do think the bulls are closer than people think they are. Um, and I think this draft and then hopefully next year's free agency with some big names coming up, the bulls can put together a solid squad and compete in 2020. But Evan, I got to ask you, closer to what? Because, I mean, it seems like Boston's going to have a stranglehold over the East for at least the next four or five years, and Philly's going to be there. Yeah. So what do you think they're close to? I guess I'm saying competing in the Eastern Conference playoffs. So, um, you know, top top five team in the East. I think they're I, – I could see them turning it around and being up there in, in two or three years. Okay. I really could. What do you think, Brad? Anything else? Um, yeah, that's a tough spot to be if you're the Bulls, but I don't think that you hinder your growth process just because you see success of teams like Boston, Philly. I think you try and compete right. you know, as much as you can. Yeah. All right, well, can we... I think either pick is a good pick. I think these are two good players. If you're getting Al Horford, the seventh pick, I think that's a good pick. Yeah. I think we can agree on that. Yep. <laughs> But I, I also see that I, you know, I love Porter. He loves the city of Chicago too, from what he said. Um, yeah, I'd love to see him here. But I, you know, I think you pick Carter and then you go with a riskier pick later on in the first round at twenty-two. I think the okay. Bulls' biggest key is to finally sign an impact free agent. Like at yes. least during my lifetime, the biggest free agent we've ever signed is Carlos Boozer. Ben it's Wallace. Not, hey, Ben Wallace. Ben, ben Wallace, my bad. Sibu <laughs> might have a little more left in the tank when we got him, but, you know, we're, we're arguing over nothing here. But the point is, I think Chicago is a good place to play, and I think once that first domino falls of us finally getting free agent, I think there could be good things to come. Yeah, and so we talked about bro- two guys earlier in the show about free agents next year and you know Kyrie and Kawhi maybe they could try to get one of those guys um if not I think Clay's coming up next year too so we'll see all right guys this isn't a Bulls podcast so (laughs) let's not get too lovey-dovey here and uh but I'd like can we outvote Evan on this Brad let's hear it we're both saying Porter so he's off the board team Porter sorry Evan go for it (laughs) all right here's a here's an interesting pick 
the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, when they traded Kyrie Irving, I don't think they were hoping that they'd be picking eighth. I thought they were they were definitely thinking they'd have a top three pick. So not as desirable, but there could if Porter or Carter is there, that's a that's a high impact player that could help them. We don't know what direction they're going in, but what do you think, Evan? So okay, I think We'll take it from Porter being off the board first. I think if Porter's off the board, I don't think they pick Carter. I think they actually pick Colin Sexton, um, point guard out of Alabama. Ooh. I think if if Carter's off the board, though, I think they do go with Porter here. Um, I think they're looking for – I think they want more of a you know boomer bust, um, high upside type of guy, and I think Porter definitely offers that as we went over. But Colin Sexton – I think is probably the next biggest name um, in terms of boomer bust. And, um, you know, he, he's a ton of fun to watch. A lot of people didn't watch Alabama really um, until maybe later in the year. They kind of had a, they had a very streaky season, um, but, yeah. but Sexton really put the team on his back. Um, you know, I mean, he played against the three on five <laughs> yeah, and three on that's five. where he got a lot of his notoriety. Yeah. Um, and, you know, talk about a fun player. People like to compare his explosiveness to Russell Westbrook, um, which I can see. I don't think his game is like Russell Westbrook, but his explosiveness is for sure. Um, but, you know, the biggest knock on him is his jumper is really messed up. Um, he's going to have to work on that a little bit before he becomes um, a prolific scorer from, you know, every level on the floor. Yeah, I think there, I think there's sort of two different schools of thought to go for this pick whether or not LeBron stays. So if LeBron stays, yeah. you're still con- contending next year. And I think that's where you take someone like Colin Sexton, just giving you another score on the perimeter. And uh, if LeBron leaves, then maybe you have to restart your franchise, and that's where you could take someone like a Michael Porter Jr., I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's- well, Porter's off the board here. Oh, my bad. I forgot we out. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, regardless, I, I guess Colin Sexton is my pick here. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement on that. And that'd be a good pick. For yeah. sure, yeah. Yeah, I think he's, you know, honestly, I think, yeah, he's probably the next best point guard on the board behind Trey Young. You, could you see him being a star? Sexton? Um, not a superstar, maybe, you know, maybe an all-star. I don't know. I. It'll be interesting to see how his game translates he's obviously got the explosiveness but i want to see what he can do um, if he can get a jump shot you know that's the biggest thing we've seen chris dunn kind of struggle without a jump shot um some other guys so I, i'd like to see sexton get a jumper and then you know he, he could be a very good player in this league for 10 15 years just to echo what evan said i could see him being a star if he develops that jump shot but it's very rare that you see someone who struggles as much as he did in college develop a jump shot at least early on in their career maybe when they're a six seven year veteran but you know i would take a flyer on him just because of the freak athleticism he has i think the example everyone's going to talk about is Kawhi with the jump shot thing yeah, yeah. definitely it's a good point and he developed it pretty quickly but i mean he's a he's a rare cat <laughs> mm-hmm. all right so we've got Colin Sexton off the board. A lot of mocks I saw had him going to Charlotte at 11. Yeah, that could be another spot, especially if Charlotte does move Kemba Walker. Yeah. All right, let's go to 10. So this is Philly's pick. And we got nine. We got New York. Oh, my bad. Nine. So the Knicks. 
And where do you see them going with this one? They need a lot of help. I think um, with Porter off the board, they would pick Carter here. Um, but if Carter's off the board, I think they go with a guy like Mikael Bridges. Um, I think it's you know one of those one of those two guys, Bridges or Carter, um, that that New York picks here. And yeah, they need a lot of help. But um, you know, if they do go Mikael Bridges. People got to see him quite a bit last year with him playing on Villanova. And, you know, a lot of the discussion was around Brunson being, um, you know, having the, the great year that he had last year. But Bridges was very consistent score last year. Um, I don't know if he'll ever be a star. I think he'll be a very solid starter in the league. Um, kind of like, you know, Robert Covington. That's kind of like my, my average starter that I like to compare people to now. Um <laughs> You know, he's just very, you know, you know what you're going to get out of Robert Covington. Um, and I think that's kind of what you get out of Bridges. He's he's probably one of the safest picks in, in the lottery. Um, you know, he needs to, he, he's one that actually needs to put on probably a few more pounds and get a little stronger. Um, but definitely a 3 and D type of player that you're looking for now in the NBA that, that can stretch the floor with his outside shooting. Yeah, I think they go Wendell Carter Jr. here if he's still left, just best available player, try and build um, some pieces in New York, which is a team that doesn't really have those pieces now. But kind of transitioning into Mikhail Bridges, just selfishly as a fan, I would love to see him in Philly, just to be on a contender right away. Because he's that shooter that, I mean, they have shooters now, but you can never have enough shooters when you have a guy like Ben Simmons running your offense. And then also just the fact he comes from like a winning pedigree at Villanova, winning two in Philadelphia. Yeah, exactly. So many connections here with the hometown guys. But I would love to see him stay in that Philadelphia area and hopefully contend with Philly over the next five, ten years. I think Philly, if they keep that pick, they're going with an NBA ready guy. Mm-hmm. So I think either of those guys could be that that pick for Philly. Yep. And whoever's and how, left. How much fun would it be to see Philly take Bridges at 10 and then Brunson at 26 later on? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, they do. They probably do need a backup point guard after yeah. last year. So that, that could be fun. So as a consensus, are we going Carter 9 and then sure. yeah. 10? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And let's go to Charlotte at 11. So... Evan, you mentioned possibility. So, are do you know anything about? Are they entertaining offers on Kemba? Is that speculation? Could you see that happening? I what think, do you it's, think I think right now it's just speculation. Um, you know, apparently the Cavs have been trying to talk about getting Kemba Walker just to kind of woo LeBron to stay there. Um, I think we heard some Kemba to New York rumors last last year. Um, his name has definitely come up as a possible trade piece in the future here. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Kemba. Evan, what direction do you see the Hornets going here? Uh, in terms of a draft pick? Yeah. So I think um, I think they're going to look for a guy like Kevin Knox out of Kentucky or even Miles Bridges out of Michigan State. I think they want um, a three or four kind of guy that, you know, can play better than Michael Kitt Gilchrist. Um, and I think both those guys could be better players than him. Um, Knox, so we were talking about Jaron Jackson being one of the youngest players. Knox is also only 18, and he doesn't turn 19 until August. So 
Um, he's a very young player. Now Bridges came back for a sophomore year trying to improve his stock a little bit and um, obviously try to win a championship with Michigan State, and he uh, failed to do both. So he kind of stayed in the similar position. Um, last year he would have been late lottery, and I think that's where he's going to go now. So um, I could see either Knox or Bridges going to Charlotte at 11. Mm-hmm. Knowing Michael Jordan and his ownership of the team, how he runs the team, he's going to pick the best college player here. <laughs> yeah. Look at his track record. Kaminsky and um, there's a... No- oh, uh, Cody Zeller. Yep. Was Noah Von Ley. Was he around for Adam Morrison? Um, No. <laughs> no I don't think yet. so. He may have, actually. I think he was, actually. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, Kemba kinda, was a guy who was a college star. Yeah, yeah, worked out. Kind of the popular flavor of whatever's you know going on in in college. So by yeah. that logic, you have Jalen Brunson at eleven, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is a I good think, point. Yeah. I don't think that's going to be the case. <laughs> but if we took that, given with what Charlotte needs, who do you think that could be? Well, I had penciled down here Kevin Knox out of Kentucky, but going with the Michael Jordan logic, I guess Miles Bridges would be someone who makes sense as someone who was a solid college player for two years, averaged about 18-ish points on a solid Big Ten team. But I think the pick here is Kevin Knox out of Kentucky. Yeah, I'm I'm with Knox. And, you know, the interesting thing with Knox is coming into last year, he was supposed to be the guy for Kentucky. And – um, it kind of took him a little bit of time to get going before we actually saw him become um, kind of the prolific scorer that everyone thought he would be. Um, I don't think we ever quite saw it come to fruition, and the team kind of became Shea Gilgis Alexander's team. Um, but yeah, I think Knox, talk about a lot of room to grow. I think he has a lot of room to grow, and he'd be a good fit for Charlotte. So this was pick 11. I think it's a good time to bring up something that you had mentioned right before we got on the call, Evan. You had heard a report about Toronto? Yeah. What was that? So I heard a report yesterday saying Toronto wants to jump into the top 10 and take Kevin Knox's Kentucky teammate, Shea Gilders Alexander. Um, Ooh. I don't know who they're looking to trade with in the top 10, but obviously Toronto, um, frustrating exit this past year, getting swept by LeBron and the Cavs. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if Gilgis Alexander would be the answer for them, but, um, it'd be an interesting pick for sure. And he's a Toronto native. So, so just on the surface here, Shea Gilgis Alexander is like a point guard, maybe a two guard and their best two players on Toronto are kind of their one, two. So do you think oh. that's getting a backup? Do you think that's them potentially moving on from a Kyle Lowry? I think they're moving on. I think they're ready to, to, um, get rid of everything. They're going to build around, um, OG Ananobi, I think, and, and whoever they draft this year. Um, I think Toronto's going downhill. They have DeMar Dur- DeRozan locked up for like three more years, right? They do, yeah. Um, so it would be int- I think I think Lowry for sure. I think they're going to move on from him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how happy DeRozan will be to play on a team that's not competing um, necessarily for the Eastern Conference Finals and NBA Finals, but uh, uh-huh. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Brad? The thing is, in the East, it really doesn't take too much to be able to compete. <laughs> well, unquote. Like you, can, you can get a five. I think DeMar DeRozan 
and maybe a Shea Gilders Alexander without Kyle Lowry can still be like a four or five C in the East next year. So sure, yeah. If that if that's where he wants to be, just getting his hopes up every April that maybe he can get past LeBron, that's fine. I just don't <laughs> see it happening. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that. I don't know. It will be interesting if that is a place that he wants to be. Um, but yeah, Gilders Alexander, that'd be an interesting pick uh, so for Toronto. Is Philly supposed to be that team that takes the bait on? Toronto moving into the top 10 to trade down. Philly, you're saying? Yeah, I, I'm just looking around. I, or what about the Clippers? They have these two oh, picks here. Okay. The way our draft is going, we don't have Gilgis Alexander going off the board yet. That could also be a spot. Because, I mean, it's it's hard to picture the Clippers keeping both of these picks. Right. Yeah. Um, it'd be kind of cool to have back-to-back lottery picks here. Um I don't know. I don't. I don't see Toronto having to get into the top ten to get Gilgis Alexander. I think the only team that would maybe take a chance on him is maybe a New York, um, maybe Cleveland if both Porter and Carter are off the board. But I don't know. Even then, um, you know, I, I could see Cleveland taking him over Mikel Bridges possibly. But um, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. So, assuming the Clippers have this 12 pick here, who are they taking? I think they take Gilgis Alexander. Um, I think he's the, you know, I think they take him, and then I think they take Knox or Bridges, whoever's left out of those two. Um, In this instance, how we're going, I think Bridges. So, I think 12 13 goes to Gilgis Alexander and then uh, Miles Bridges. And um, they just, you know, the Clippers need to just keep adding pieces and, um, you know, seeing if they can develop stars. I don't know if they're going to be able to get guys in free agency and, and get a team like they did um, when they had Paul and, and Griffin and Jordan. Um, so I think they're just going to have to take guys that, that they feel has upside. Um, and I think that would be Gilgis Alexander and Bridges here. Yeah, I think you could look at a team like Houston, the way they built their team is just stashing as many assets as they could get. And then when the right trade comes, being able to move them or seize opportunities, I that's a good model for them to follow. Yeah, for sure. And I think if they want another star, they're going to probably have to get him through a trade. Um, I don't think yeah. they can get it through free agency just because of the Lakers being in the same market, um, being in the same city. So I think that would be their, their best way to go. Otherwise, they're going to have to develop talent um, or just completely tank and try to get Blake Griffin again. I think it's interesting because up until the decision and now Shaq he left in free agency but most of the times we saw stars move was trades but it seems like we could be moving back into that trade um, market with stars because you look at Jimmy Butler last year Paul George now Kawhi guys teams aren't going to want to see these players walk for nothing and you talk about Toronto maybe moving Lowry, maybe later moving DeRozan at some point. I think it'll be interesting to watch. So maybe there are some stars that will be available for them once they have those assets. Yeah, for sure. I think not only is that due to teams just wanting to get some return from their superstars, but also just the fact that a player who is traded to a team gives that team so much more flexibility in terms of signing everyone. So yeah. for these super teams to exist, there has to be some sign and trades that exist. Yep. So for 12 and 13, are we going Alexander and then Bridges? Yep. Okay, that works. 
All right, so now we are at the last pick of the lottery. So we're going to go, we're going to talk about Denver's pick here. And then after that, we'll talk about some of these other names and where they might fall later on in the draft. Maybe some diamonds in the rough. But um, off the top of your head, Evan, what are you thinking Denver does here? So I think Denver, um, I think they go Robert Williams III out of Texas A&M, although it wouldn't surprise me if they reached um, outside of kind of the, the top 14 that people have set and go for a guy like Zaire Smith out of Texas Tech who has a ton of upside, or even Lonnie Walker out of Miami who is also a freshman and has a ton of upside. Um, but I think Robert Williams the third is the guy they want here. And um, similar to Bridges, he came back for a sophomore year last year hoping to improve his stock. Um, just like Bridges, it didn't really work. He's still in the bottom half of the lottery. And um, I think that's probably where he'll get picked. But um, he's a very fun player, very explosive, um, six foot nine. So maybe a little too short to play center, more of a power forward. But, um, you know, throws down some crazy windmill dunks. We saw it in the tournament against North Carolina. And then I think again against Michigan. Um, actually, it might have been the first round game. I can't remember who they played then, but. Yeah, Williams is a very explosive athlete. Um, the only the only knock on him, the biggest knock I feel like, is that he can kind of lose focus, um, seems to lose some motivation sometimes, doesn't look totally engaged um, in the game. And we saw that a little bit last year at Texas A&M, kind of just disappears. Um, but I think if you're Denver here at 14, you try to take a guy with some explosiveness uh, or some explosion, and uh, Robert Williams is the guy here for them. Yeah, I agree that Robert Williams is the best player available in the draft, but <clears throat> you look at Denver's roster, and a lot of their good players already are big men. You got Jokic, uh, um, Millsap, Fareed, uh, Trey Lyles. So you're kind of stockpiling big guys there. Yeah. I think he is the best player available, but if you're going to reach into someone who's not necessarily a projected lottery pick, I think Lonnie Walker out of Miami makes the yeah. most sense for them. They just have a lot of good position players and a lot of depth overall. So I'm curious to see when they're eventually going to try to trade for one of these star players because it seems like they have the roster that makes sense for them to try to add someone. However, I'm not saying it makes sense for them to trade for Kawhi because you have to try to lock him up long term. But if one of these guys like a DeRozan is available, they could be a team that could jump in on that with all of the assets they have. Yeah, I think Denver's definitely on the right track here. And they yeah. should be a playoff team next year. Yeah, I'm with you on that too. And I mean, they performed very well last year with Millsap missing a good chunk of the season. Um, so yeah, I think I think they're very close to, to competing, um, getting into the playoffs and, and competing there. Who's the, who's the pick? Who are we going with here? Uh, we can go Williams. Okay. Williams is off the board, so there's their, there's your lottery. Let's do a recap. Um, going off at number one, DeAndre Ayton. Two, we have Luka Doncic to the Kings. The Hawks at number three, taking Marvin Bagley. The Grizzlies at number four. Who did we say at number four? Jaron Jackson. Yep. Jaron Jackson. So number four, Grizzlies take Jaron Jackson. Number five, the match made in heaven, the Dallas Mavericks and Mo Bamba, the Orlando Magic at number six, taking Trey Young, the Chicago Bulls at seven, taking 
Michael Porter Jr. The Cavs at number eight. Who who would we have at the Cavs going? I think again? we plug Sexton in there. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. So Sexton at eight to the Cavs. The Knicks at nine. Wendell Carter at ten. The Sixers grabbing homegrown Mikael Bridges. Eleven. The Hornets. Now I'm gonna need you guys' help on these last few picks. I think we went Kevin Knox to the Hornets. Yep. Yeah, and then Alexander and Bridges to the Clippers at twelve and thirteen. Yep, and then fourteen rounding out with Robert Williams out of Texas A and M to the Nuggets. All right, so there's your lottery. You heard it here first. Let's get to some of these picks, some of these names. First of all, I guess the best thing to ask Evan is, who do you see falling out of the lottery? Maybe even going later in the 20, second round. Who are some steals that you could, that you have your eye on? Some diamonds in the rough, if you will. Yeah. So I hinted at uh, Zaire Smith from Texas Tech being possibly uh, Denver's pick at 14, maybe even sneaking up to the Clippers. Um, but I really like Zaire Smith out of Texas Tech. He- Texas Tech was actually a really fun team to watch last year. Um, very underrated team. And Zaire was one of the big reasons why, um, freshman, you know, he's, he's, um, he needs to work offensively on his game a lot, but, um, very explosive athlete can throw down, um, some very nice dunks. We got to see it a little bit this year, um, needs to work on his shooting a little bit, but I, I like Zaire Smith a lot as, um, you know, a pick one of these middle teams in the, in the middle of the first round, maybe towards the end of the end of the first round can can snag um play shooting guard um can maybe even play small forward too so zaire smith is one that i really like um lonnie walker was a name that brad and i had mentioned too out of miami um he played uh led miami to a sixth seed earlier um in the tournament and uh another offensive talent um needs to work defensively a little bit on his game but overall a solid player and then there's some guys down towards the bottom of the draft um, in the first round that I like, um, particularly Anthony Simons, who nobody probably has heard of. Um, and he's another guy who was just playing at IMG Academy down in Florida, actually, um, was going to go into uh, the NCAA and, and pick up on a team, was a top 10 recruit in this upcoming class, but um, was able to get into the NBA draft this year. Um, he's small, six foot three, 180 pound point guard. Um, could also play the two guard though. So he's another guy that I like down here. Um, and then I also really like Omari Spellman who, um, and also his teammate Dante DiVincenzo out of Villanova as, um, some guys that are intriguing towards the end of the first round. So there's definitely some big time names down here, um, that teams can take a shot on. I think it really depends on situation, um, personnel, who these players are surrounded by um, in terms of, you know, if these guys are going to be players that outshine some of the players that get drafted in the lottery. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think a lot of it does come down to fit, especially when you're dealing with players who aren't necessarily slam dunk automatic, like contributors to a team down here in the late first round. But that's why you see people who go end up in the Spurs or with the Warriors if they transition so much easily than people who end up in lesser situations. But some names I have yeah. written down are Aaron Holiday. Yep. Uh, UCLA yes. obviously comes from an NBA pedigree there. 
think he averaged over 20 points and then shot 40% from three of the last three years. So that's something that definitely translates to the NBA. Can you score the ball and can you shoot it from deep, especially in today's NBA? Uh, also, K. Debates Diop of Ohio State, yeah. a long three man there, 19 points, about nine rebounds, can shoot the three a little bit. Uh, he's another guy who I think would have to end up in a good spot for him to contribute right away, but someone to take a flyer on there in the late first round. And then this might be a homer pick, but I think you got to go with winners. Jalen Brunson, he's won at every level he's ever been at. So if I'm a good team, maybe not late first round, but sometime in the draft, I want to get that man on my roster. Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. We may have hinted on this earlier, but Evan and I talked about this early when we were doing uh, college basketball March Madness coverage, and we talked about how none of those Final Four teams – had a one and done player. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of guys that we got to see who are probably going to fall. Maybe I mean the stars might not be in the first round. Uh, a lot of guys who may be traditional great college basketball players, maybe not great NBA players. But so I think a lot of guys in the lottery people don't know about. So I think there's going to be a lot of intrigue going into the second round. Where is Mo Wagner going to go? Maybe he's at the end of the first. I think I think it could be really fun to see Mo Wagner. What if he's on the Warriors and yeah. he gets his shot better? He could, I mean, that would add new dimension, having a big guy that could shoot like that. Yeah, that would be awesome. Another yeah. guy I think, uh, obviously we've talked about a lot over the last four years, is Grayson Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a lot of people even touch on him. Yeah, can't believe we haven't talked about him yet. But he, what people don't realize is he's a freak athlete. Like he has a forty-inch yeah. vertical. Yeah, I think he was like the quickest person at the combine. So another guy, he can shoot the three. If he can find the right spot to play, there's no reason he shouldn't be able to compete in the NBA. Or what about Dante Divincenzo playing on the Celtics? It just seems right <laughs> as a wing who could shoot. He just seems like a good fit there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I hope. And it makes sense for these teams that are trying to compete to get these guys who are NBA ready, who are ready to contribute as role players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think it's interesting that you noted, too, that a lot of these guys are older um, down towards here. You got you got some guys that have stayed longer. And I think I think the whole idea of, you know, these older guys not having as much of, you know, potential as these younger guys it kind of needs to go out the window. I feel like we've seen um, like guys like Kyle Kuzma stay a little bit longer than just his freshman yeah. year and, and build up um, a game at Utah. And then um, obviously there's been more. I just can't think of any now. But you know, uh, Brad, you mentioned Aaron Holiday. You know, he's only a junior, yeah. uh, or he's a junior at UCLA. So uh, I don't think his age should bring him down the board. It probably will. But um, Holiday is a guy. Um, Grayson Allen, another. Mo, Mo Wagner, like you had mentioned, Jack, um, Jalen Brunson, even. So, you know, you got some of these guys that are 21, 22 years old. Um, but I think if you get them on the right fit, they can definitely be a contributor right away to, to a team, especially if they go to um, a Boston, a Golden State, a Philly, someone like that who's going to put them in the rotation. Um, they'd be a very good fit in the NBA. And some of those guys could end up being really good players, too. Oh, yeah. I've got another name to toss out there as a, maybe a second round guy. What about Malik Newman out of uh, Kansas? 
Yeah, wasn't he very highly recruited out of high school, like a McDonald's All-American type guy? Yeah. That's what I find interesting is those people who are McDonald's All-Americans and aren't one and done, they kind of get forgotten about after that first draft class they missed. So I think Malik Newman can definitely contribute to the next level, especially with his outside shooting, which teams just love nowadays. Yeah, he's a really interesting player because you mentioned it, Brad. He was a top 10 recruit, actually went to Mississippi State first. Um, and then transferred over to Kansas. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, I've seen some boards not even mention him. I really think that he should be going in the second round, though, um, especially given his three-point shooting. Um, that's definitely something teams can, can use and value. What about, Brad, your boy that you mentioned before we got on here that you were interested in? Who is that again? The, sib- the sibling of an NBA player. Oh, Anta Makupo. I don't even know his first name. Oh. <laughs> no, you never know. Because I just saw his name on a big board somewhere and was really confused. But it seems like there's another Anta Makupo every year. But I don't know. You never know. But I guess if you have a second-round pick, why not? Because you'll probably take someone who's not even going to come over to the NBA ever anyways. <laughs> Evan, do you know anything about him? Uh, he's he's you know he's got the name. Um, <laughs> he's not as good as Giannis. <laughs> uh, you know he was probably the third, fourth option maybe at Dayton last year. So yeah, I don't I don't think he'll get drafted. Um, just like another sibling. I don't know if you guys know who I'm referring to, but um, oh yeah, <laughs> I actually heard that they were gonna take him. Is that crazy? Who was gonna take him? At the Lakers. Really? Yeah. No. Man. I bet he'll, I bet he'll at least be on their summer league team or something. Yeah, he'll find a spot there. Yeah. <laughs> Leangelo, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay, I, I, I miss, I always screw up the names Leangelo, Lamello, Lamarbles, <laughs> Lamazza Ball. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't see him getting drafted, though. I don't know. Uh, Giannis had another brother who was drafted at a couple years ago, I believe. Is this one named Thanos? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not making that That's up. Name. <laughs> yeah, from the Avengers. Thanos Ante to I don't even know how to spell Ante to Kumpo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know who you're talking. Yeah, he was on the Knicks. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thanasis, that's it. Oh, I, I, it would have been cooler if his name was Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he would have stuck in the NBA then. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was in the on the Knicks. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, I don't know. The name can definitely help for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then there's a couple guys too that I want to. I really want to see succeed. Um, you know, Alonzo Trier is one from Arizona. I don't know why people aren't talking about him, but he's another guy that um, yeah. you can you can put the ball in his hand and you ask him to score, and he's he's just he's a born scorer. Um, yeah, and he led Arizona last year, I believe. He might I think he led him in points per game, um, or he was second behind Aiden at least. Um, you know, he's he's older. He's he was a junior, um, probably 21, 22 years old, but. I think he should get some consideration in the second round. And then also um, uh, Kevin Hervey out of Texas Arlington. A lot of people don't know about him, but another scorer um, that can put the ball on the floor and, and score from multiple levels on the floor. 
Um, and then also, you know, I got to say it. I love my boy Rob Gray from Houston. Um, I don't know yeah. if he'll get drafted, but I'd love to see him in the summer league. Uh, just a really fun player. Um, he definitely has some max on his game, but I think he's a guy, he, if he works hard, he'll, he'll play. Um, he'll find a spot somewhere. Okay, let me throw another name out there of a guy that I think should at least get some workouts. How about Jairus Lyles from UMBC? <laughs> yeah. He was the best player on the floor against Virginia. Yeah. And he hit a huge shot in the in his conference tournament championship. The big red flag I mean, people are going to see with him, I just Googled him. He's going to be 23 in a month. That yeah. Indians hate that. Yeah, and that's I think that's the case with Rob Gray, too. I think he's 23 or 24, even. I saw KJ Mora signed with some agency recently. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A little Puerto Rican point guard. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, he rocks. I love KJ Mora. He was a lot of fun to watch. All right, any other names you guys got? Anyone else you're intrigued by? Hey, Brad, how about uh, the shooting guard from Kansas? Svi uh, Mikhailuk. Oh, Svi Mikhailuk, a big <laughs> Steve Leiser product. Yeah, we, I think we have to bring him up. With, with I know. So um, I always do make fun of Steve, but, I mean, there's nothing that his game doesn't have. Like, he's a shooter and he's athletic. So if if he can figure out, to, like, his own niche in the NBA, there's no reason he can't play. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you can never, you can never discredit shooting um, in the NBA, especially in today's NBA. Yeah. yeah, this is really whetting my appetite for college basketball season. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. Yeah, no, it should be fun next year. So, um, and then yeah, definitely some names here. So, yeah, it seems like that's pretty much everyone. Last question on the draft, Evan, and then we'll give our LeBron picks. As I've been teasing the whole way, keep you interested in this podcast. <laughs> um, but. Evan, my question to you is where overall, how good is this draft compared to recent drafts? Obviously, it's probably, I mean, it's not as strong as last year's, which I guess we can't say for certain, but last year was an all-time great one. Where does this one rank? Yeah, so this, yeah, last year, um, definitely, I think last year is going to be one of the best ever. Um, I don't know if I can compare it, like, you know, directly with another one, but I think it's going to be, you know, maybe similar to uh, 2015, kind of, where we had we had some stars scattered throughout the lottery. Um, you know, Devin Booker went later in the lottery, Miles Turner. Um, but then you also had some, you know, Mario Hazonias, Stanley Johnsons in there. So <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I don't want to compare it directly side by side with another, but um, it's not the worst. It's not going to be um, absolutely horrible, but it's also not going to be like last year or, you know, 2013 or even, or 2003, sorry, or even 2009, um, where we had Curry and, and Harden and all them. So it'll be solid though. We'll get, we'll get started. Yeah. I think it, it may not. Yeah. Like you said, may not be a star studded, but could have a lot of really good players who have long careers and are high impact players for sure. And that's okay. Yeah, no, that, that's fine. Um, you know, and I, I don't know about next year's draft. Um, you know, it's, it's always a little too early to tell with that. But yeah, this year's draft, there will be guys that, like I said, I think it, a lot of it is fit. Um, and I think this year's draft shows that where you know it's going to be fit and who who gets drafted where and 
Um, I don't know if there's a lot of players that, you know, you can say, oh, if he gets drafted there, he's going to he's going to make an impact regardless. Um, I think especially some of the guys in the, in the later first round, it's going to depend on what system they run. Um, obviously, head coach is a big one. If they're going to have any minutes um, early on in their career or not, um, I think it's all going to depend on that. All right. Well, it'll be a lot of fun to watch. I'm looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun. NBA draft, always a lot of fun. Much more fun than the NFL draft, in my opinion. <laughs> but, all right. Now, here's what you've all been waiting for. The And we're going to, this is going to be really quick, guys. But, Brad, where do you think LeBron's going this summer? Uh, I think he's going to the Lakers. Because oh. I think he thinks he can be a winner wherever he goes, so I don't think he's too worried about what's around him. Um, the second option I would think would be probably Houston, but you never know. Like with all those people, they're all very ball dominant between him, Chris Paul, and James Harden. So I think the Lakers is probably making the most sense. Yeah, I, I agree, Brad. I think the Lakers um, make sense. I you know. I think I talked to you a little bit about it, Jack. I think Miami, though, honestly, is an underrated team. Um, and in terms of, you know, legacy, if that means anything, um, it's always easier to see players in a lower number of jerseys. So, you know, you'd see him in a Cleveland jersey or a Miami jersey if he goes to Miami and finishes his career there. Um, Have a statue at right. each stadium. <laughs> um, you know, get get two different numbers retired even. So... Um, I don't know though. It'll be interesting. Miami would obviously need to do some things. I think LA has got the most pieces in terms of, um, to put around him that would be intriguing. Houston would be pretty crazy to see him go there. I just don't see, I don't see him and Harden coexisting on the same team. Um, Harden, honestly, both of them really like to have the ball in their hands. Um, and I don't, I don't know if that would work out for him. So, yeah, I think the Lakers makes the most sense, but I guess my dark horse pick would be for him to go back to Miami and team up with Wade, and um, you know maybe they can convince Chris Paul to come there too. So I, I'll tell you where I'd like to see him first and then where I think he's going to go and where I don't think he's going to go. Okay. How about that? Sure. So, first of all, I'd like to see him stay in Cleveland or if he leaves, go to Miami, as you said, legacy stuff i'd like to see him stay in the east too with philly on the up and boston on the up i think it'd be the most interesting eastern conference that we will we've had in 10 years or so since we had celtics pistons or you know just a couple of firepowers because the east is back on the up now now it's not going to be great but you could have an interesting three-team race possibly if he's on a team other than those two so I think Cleveland or Miami, I'd like to see him there. I think that there's a good chance of him going to Miami as well, potentially. I don't see it as much, but I think he's going to go to Houston. Yeah. Yeah. I think that if he's trying to win a title, his best chance is to go to Houston. Yeah. I mean, just thinking they, I mean, they were in a game seven with the Warriors and I know, you know, I'm not one to always say that, you know, if you add if you add this piece, it automatically equals this amount of wins or, you know, gets you over the hump here. But um, I think that's the way that a lot of people might look at it with, you know, if you add a LeBron 
and they were in a game seven with the Warriors, you know, LeBron could get them over the hump and get them to the finals in the West, um, which would be something. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I do think that if Chris Paul plays, that's a different series. I think things could have been different. I think his best, if he, if his goal is to, I want to play in the most finals as possible. It's to stay in the East probably. But if his goal is to win a title, I think he's just got to go straight at Golden State. And I think that Houston team gives him the best job. I don't see LA or Philly as much of a fit. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. I don't see Philly for sure. I don't see Philly and LeBron working. Yeah. Cause it would stunt Simmons growth. And one of the things I think about for some of these teams that are rebuilding is you have to think about, okay, LeBron is going to want to move a lot of our young guys for veterans for a two year right. window. So can we win a title in these two years? Is it worth trading a Markel Fultz? for a veteran guy and having a bunch of veterans and clearing out a lot of the young players and then being left with scraps in two years. I mean, it is LeBron James that we're talking about. Um, Right. Yeah, I I agree. Um, It's a lot to just looking ahead. It's a lot to, to put on the line for probably two or three more years of, you know, LeBron James at the level that he's at right now. Yeah. So that's why I think Houston is definitely, they'd have to move Ryan Anderson, maybe Eric Gordon, move some of those salaries in order to make it work. But I think they're ready to compete and it wouldn't have to be like a crazy roster reconstruction. So I think that makes the most sense. I could see it. I would hate to see it. All right. Okay, guys, thanks a ton for coming on. I know I had a lot of fun talking NBA draft stuff with both of you. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch it play out on Thursday night. Can't yeah, wait, Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, maybe we'll do this again sometime this offseason. Sounds okay. good, man. Yeah, good job on your debut, Brad, by the <laughs> Thank way. Thank you. Uh, sorry about the last five minutes. I was on dog duty. <laughs> no, it's fine. You're good. All right, so... Lastly, any social media, anything you guys want to promote? Brad first. No, I'm good. <laughs> okay, Evan. Uh, yeah, I'll have the blog coming up. I don't know if you can link it to that, Jack. Um, yeah, I'll link it to my blog page. So if you guys are listening on iTunes, you can look up my blog, velvita7.blogspot.com. Evan's blog will be embedded into that. So it should all yep, be there. I'll, get you it out, I'll take a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll tag you guys in the tweets, so good. you guys should follow them on Twitter if you want them to follow you guys. <laughs> I'll, I'll take some followers. <laughs> All right. So, but why don't you th- why don't you throw out that Twitter handle real quick? Uh, Brad to the bone eleven. Okay, and Evan, yours is uh, mine is Evan underscore on underscore Earth ninety six. All right, so. That does it. Thanks again, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Jack. All right, so great job from those guys. I had a lot of fun talking NBA Draft today. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to this podcast. Hopefully, we brought some insight. If you have any thoughts on the NBA Draft, feel free to tweet them at me, at Velvita7, V-E-L-L-V-I-T-A-7. And I'd love to hear your thoughts, what you think is going to happen, where LeBron's going to go, where Kawhi's going to go. It's going to be a fun offseason, hopefully. Keep you guys covered the rest of this the way through during the summer. Thank you for your patience. With uh, If you're a sports fan, you're disappointed with the lack of sports content over the last few weeks. Um, but for the rest of you, 
I should be doing a podcast on The Incredibles 2 sometime in the next week or two. Hopefully, we'll be talking some baseball with Jordan Morandini, picking our MLB All-Star roster sometime in the next couple of weeks. So it should be a lot of fun. Lastly, if you haven't done so, feel free to subscribe to Press On Sports on iTunes. You'll never miss an episode, and you'll always know when there's a new episode available. So thanks again to the guests. Thank you to everyone for listening. Other than that, I'm done bringing the Dancing Lobsters.